Good time of day, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of WKNC's newest podcast, The Brain Trust. My name is Lucas, and I'll be your host with the most for the show as I tackle introspective topics with my guests and occasionally get lucky with a good joke. Now, before I introduce my guest for the episode, I'd like to share a little bit about myself. My name is Lucas. I'm from Long Island, New York, and I'm a member of the freshman class of 2026 here at State. I'm super excited to be hosting this podcast, and I'm even more excited to introduce my first guest ever. He's a great guy, he's a good friend, and I'd say he's an all right roommate. Lewis, do us a favor and please introduce yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Lewis Pope. I'm going for industrial engineering, a freshman this year, roommate to Lucas. Want to say that he is a great guy. And that I'm having a great deal of fun being here, and I love that I got this opportunity from Lucas to hang out here at WKNC. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lewis. I'm, I'm glad you agreed to be on the show. Very happy to have you here. Now, I got, you know, initial question. How do you feel? How are you feeling about today? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, uh, had a pretty all right day in class. I got with some work done, did some reading for my classes. I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. All right. Uh, and I'm glad you're feeling good about today because I'm feeling pretty good about today because on today's episode, the topic is nostalgia. The good, the bad, and the memories. Today's topic is nostalgia, and I would like to start us off, and I would ask you, what does it mean to feel nostalgic? To feel nostalgic is, well, it's kind of like reminiscing about the past in a way, but it's a little more complicated than that. It's you're suddenly enveloped by a feeling, like a warmth, over the past. You see something that reminds you of your childhood or a movie you saw back in the day or a toy you played with, and suddenly it's like a feeling enwraps your mind in like a blanket, suddenly, and you feel like you're being taken back to that moment right then and there. I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Thank you for sharing. Now, do you think it is important for people to feel nostalgic? Well. I think nostalgia can is a useful tool at times. It can set up a situation where you can feel some things you haven't felt in a while. Like It's a useful tool whenever you're writing a story. If you can connect to the audience's uh, past, sorry, and things that they've experienced too, it's a way of sharing feelings with other people. I think that's what's important. It's about the sharing of culture and pasts. That's what I feel is about the important part of nostalgia. Do I think you need to experience it Every day, no, not at all. Okay, no, I definitely, definitely agree. Uh, it's very, I think it is very important for people to feel nostalgic. Uh, but the reason you are my guest today, and you know this reason, you saw this coming, you know exactly why you're here, and it's because a few weeks ago, we were sitting in our room, it's like eleven o'clock. We we're both done with work, you know, winding down, getting ready for bed, and just out of nowhere, you said something that really, really just really caught me by surprise. I wasn't ready for it. And what you said to me was something along the lines of, I don't like nostalgia. It makes me sick. Okay, now to defend myself real quickly, it was late that night. I was having, you know, it was late. I was tired. So, but I will defend that position. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of nostalgia. I don't like that feeling of being wrapped and being taken to the past because it can just happen at the worst times. Like, if suddenly I'm supposed to be working and I get hit with that nostalgia wave all of a sudden, no, nah, that just ruins my mood. 
It ruins your mood? Yeah, it does. I mean, like, I've recently been hit with a nostalgia wave, and you know this because you can hear my computer every time I'm eating lunch, and I'm watching Power Rangers RPM, mm. one of my favorite Power Rangers series, by the way. Yeah. Love the Green Ranger Ziggy. Ziggy Grover. I recently realized that I can watch all those episodes for free on YouTube. I'm currently getting hit with a very strong wave of nostalgia for a time when I would go on Netflix and basically just watch every single season of Power Rangers just over and over and over again. I've been recently been hit with that feeling, and it feels great but because I, I get to feel good about something I enjoyed. Initially, when I got hit with it, I must admit that I was doing homework, and then it, I got derailed from doing that homework. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I now enjoy the fact that I get to watch Power Rangers RPM. I get to relive all these episodes while I'm like sitting and eating my lunch. I get yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's used against you as a consumer. You know, suddenly there's a rerun of something or they remake something to, and they use nostalgia as such a big pull to bring you into the new film. And sometimes that, you know, sometimes it helps, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes the movie is over-reliant on that feeling of nostalgia that you had as a kid. And it doesn't really add anything to the media itself. So you could have used those resources to make a new film to connect with a new generation, but instead you're just taking us and trying to put us back in the same spot again. I don't know if you've seen the new uh, Jurassic World movie, mm-hmm. whatever the newest one was called, uh, the newest one that came out. You know, with Chris Pratt and yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the all, other, all the other people who I don't actually remember because I didn't see this movie. But one of my friends who really enjoys Jurassic World movies and actually saw all the originals a lot as a kid, obviously not when they came out, but he still enjoyed all the movies, he went and he saw the newest movie and he didn't like it at all. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a Jurassic World movie. How could you not like it? And he said to me, he's like, they weighed, like, the fate of the movie on just bringing back old cast members. I didn't really know what to do about it, but he was pretty much he was pretty upset about it. I understand that. I've been in. I've re, I've watched several remakes in the past from Disney, and I really haven't been. You know, I haven't enjoyed them as much as I did the originals. But part of that's because I watched those originals whenever I was a kid, which plays into the fact that I don't really like nostalgia, because there are so many times where it comes back. And it creates a lesser version of that movie than I originally enjoyed. So I watch, I rewatch a film that I watched as a kid, and I had a great time as a kid watching that film. Maybe it was like Madagascar or something. Oh, I love those movies. Right, I love those movies as a kid. I I rewatched them a lot as a child. It was a constant replaying of things. I think a lot of people can attest to the, you know just rewatching the same film over and over again as a kid. That was my film, Madagascar, just again and again. For me, that was Mega Mind. Yeah. <laughs> Megamind. Such so, a good movie. Now, watching those films again, they're still good films. I would show my little cousins them those movies, and they enjoy it just as much as I did back then, but I myself cannot enjoy it again to that level. And so I feel nostalgia, but I feel disappointment along with that. And so it's become an association with myself between the nostalgia and the disappointment of the reality of those films and how I can no longer get as attached to them as I once was as a child. I think I'm following you here, but just to be sure, I'm going to throw an example at you. I want to la- I want you to tell me whether or not I'm right, just related to what you're saying. So 
like obviously Christmas time is something you know happens every year. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you celebrate Christmas? Yes. Yes, I celebrate Christmas. So I celebrate Christmas as well. Um, but you know, as a kid, uh, the feeling of going down and seeing all the I don't know. Do you like Legos? Yeah. Oh man, I loved Legos. I would always ask for some really nice Lego set. And going down and seeing the tree, you know, the the gifts are all there. Um, like we used to have a rule in my house that says you can't go down to look at gifts or anything until everybody's awake. And at this point, not everybody is awake. Like me and my brother, we kind of take our time getting out of bed. So we really get down there around like 10 o'clock rather than 7 once we all get up and start yelling at our parents, oh, Santa came, Santa came, we dropped off all of our gifts, look, look, look. And they're like, okay, like we basically drag our parents out of bed to get them. But now we don't exactly do that anymore because we can't feel as excited about Christmas. Not just because, and, you know, I don't get big fancy Lego sets anymore. You know, it's mm-hmm. become socks and, like, practical items that I do need that I am appreciative of. But it's no longer the, the big Lego sets or, like, a Razor scooter or something crazy like that. So is that what you mean? Hmm. To a certain extent, yeah, I would say that it has some qualities that connect to my metaphor, or rather my, you know, my example. But I feel like let's let's move this example a little bit further, so it's more of a you know an X to X comparison. So you were in a situation where your gifts were gradually, you know, becoming more mature gifts, you know, going from Lego sets to maybe really good shoes for the year or socks, or like an amount of something you need. Like you have a new need because you're becoming an adult, you're moving towards your goals. You need things that those resources should be applied to. But instead, what if this past Christmas you got a big Lego set? Would you, being older now, have the same level of excitement over an equivalently sized Lego set as a child versus today now? Because you're you are you know you're much older now than you were like let's say six like imagine you were six and you got the same massive Lego set as you did today how would you actually feel would you feel the same level that's why I'm asking I think in this case I would want to feel that same level of excitement but I don't think I'd be able to mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure why but if I were to get such a big Lego set like that now. I'd obviously be very excited, be very happy about it, but I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I'd be as excited. I just can't put my put, can't, can't put my finger on why. Yeah. So that feeling, that wondering of why, that's my feeling whenever it comes to rewatching these films and my level of nostalgia, and how the nostalgia just isn't the same as how much sheer joy I received from watching these films as a kid, or these TV shows, or these playing with these toys specifically, as a kid growing up. You know, I'm older now, I have newer interests, so maybe I'm not as into certain things as I was, but that's my biggest problem with nostalgia. So we've been talking about things that are like material things, like a movie you go to see or a Lego set you get on Christmas. I'm going to throw another example at you to stir up the pod a little bit. How about, like, you went to elementary school, right? Yeah. So you ate in a cafeteria with all your friends at the big tables. and Now imagine us as college freshmen. We go back and visit 
our elementary school cafeterias. Personally, I'd be really excited to go back. I'd feel really good about it. I'd feel good nostalgia about being there. What about you? I wouldn't necessarily feel the same good feelings. I mean, you know, entering, you know, laughing about how small the seats were in the cafeteria and not being able to fit in them would be pretty funny for a while. Like, I'd be there with my friends. Like, I went there, you know, right before graduation stuff. We all went over in our cap and gowns, and we visited, and we saw, you know, oh, my goodness, we, we were so small back then. Look at us. We were tiny, and we visit all the elementary school students as they see us graduate. You know, that's our connection as we grew up because whenever I was a child, I didn't get to see the graduates, you know, walk through. But whenever I was in middle school, they did the same thing. You know, they walked through and stuff. So I saw that. I was there. But after that, I wasn't necessarily feeling a whole lot of, like, good nostalgia, as you were describing it. You know, the good feelings being associated with that place. I had good times in elementary school, right? I did not have a bad time. I was not, you know, necessarily have, you know, terrible things associated with elementary school at all. But whenever I go there and I see the same walls, I see the same paint, the same chipped tables in that cafeteria, and maybe it's become a little more derelict, maybe it's become less derelict, maybe they have TVs like you're saying. I haven't been there in a while, but maybe they do have that. I would still feel a little bit somber, you could say, walking through those walls, walking through those halls and seeing those walls as they are. And I could probably describe it as a, hmm, imagine, okay, so you were going there during the day, during the day. Imagine you're going there during dawn or during, as the sun is falling down. You know, it's coming down, it's drifting, it's quiet. Right, and you're just walking through that area. That's how I feel like it. Like that's how I feel about that space. If I were to go there in the middle of the day, if really? there's people there, even if there was like a full cafeteria, and for some reason you went and you saw all the elementary kids, elementary yeah. school kids sitting there eating, I'd still feel very somber thinking about my past. But you have, like, I mean, I don't know about you. But obviously, you have you have good. Um, Good memories associated with sitting and eating. Like yeah. I have a lot of good memories associated with sitting and eating with my friends, always trading up my uh, my little bag of chopped up celery. For some reason, being able to bargain my way up to a Nutella sandwich at lunch. You wouldn't think about the fact that that cafeteria, even if it's kind of beaten up, like it's kind of kind of dirty. Maybe it's just different. You wouldn't feel at least saying, "Oh wow!" I mean, like that's a new stain, but. I still remember this cafeteria being good. Like I still have good good memories. Like my cafeteria might not have been the best quality cafeteria. There might have been some broken things every once in a while, but still had good times there. Like I still enjoyed myself at lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, to talk about my feelings here, not all of it really has a reason, right? But I can give maybe a maybe a better description, right? Those times are behind me, right? I'll never go back to those moments. They're in my memory now. And I like that they're in that memory, right? They're back there. They're behind me. I've grown since then. I got out of eating there. You know, I've come here to WKNC. I've come a long way from there. And it reminds me where I came from. Right, I don't feel like there would be a sense of pride if I came from 
I don't know, an area with a lot more history maybe. With a specific elementary school, you know, I went there, right? But I went from A elementary school and gradually moved up, you know, got through high school. Here I am. And maybe I just don't associate that climb with positive feelings. I associate that climb with I left a worse position, now I'm in a better position. So I don't want to look back at that worse position I was. So you're saying this, the overall, like, feeling of, like, your school district, mm-hmm. just in general, didn't like it? No, 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 I liked it. The, the people were great, the staff was great, but I, you know how there are levels of this. You know, you go through elementary school, you make it through, you go through middle school, you go through high school, it's always viewed as you are progressing towards something. Mm-hmm. So to look back, for me, is like regressing. But you're not. But I'm not. Like, literally but it's going the, back. That's the issue. It's not a logical reason. The fact that I'm looking behind me and thinking about that past. Thinking about, I had to go through that, even if it was like a minor inconvenience. So like, all your years, elementary school, pre-K, kindergarten. Probably the easiest times of my life. Literally. Yeah. Easiest times of your life. And Homework, none. There's, mm-hmm. And you look back on that. Like, did you not have fun? Yeah, I did. School? I had tons yeah, like you of had fun. fun. In middle school. Did you have fun but in middle school? But it's the fact that I'm looking back. And I don't feel like I should be looking back yet. 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 So you, you, what you're saying is you think there is a point in your life when you will have, I don't know how to, like, earned that. Mm-hmm. When back. I feel like I have achieved a good enough standing. Like, let's say I go through college and I'm done with my further education. I'm done getting educated at that moment, I'm going into the workforce, then I can look at the whole of my education with clearer eyes. But right now, you know, being a freshman here, you know, I'm still confused about a lot of things. I still have a lot to learn, tons to learn. In every class, every field, every situation, I don't feel like I'm at the point where I can look clearly at my past through all my schooling yet. Okay, well how about something that you have going all the way through. I know that you used to do karate. I actually used to do karate as well. We, we both did karate at some point in our lives and we are both now well finished with doing karate. Can you agree that for now, you're, you're well finished yeah. with karate? Yeah, way okay. past it. So you're done. So in your education example, you're not yet done with your schooling, so you can't yet look back at your schooling. But you are definitely done with karate thinking about karate because we actually we recently like with us and our, our sweet mates uh, all eight of us we like to have uh, movie nights every once in a while and one of our sweet mates will remain unnamed um he recommended this movie to us about basically it was about karate but it was like a weird psychological horror type film yeah a little bit strong but like, yeah it was weird. Like, how did, like, looking, watching that movie and remembering your times in karate, how did that make you feel? Not great. So, one is the themes in the movie itself and the dialogue it has within itself and the overall tone of the, of the movie is not positive. Oh, no, it's not, not in the slightest. Not humorous, not positive, not in any general sense of the word associates karate with anything good. It is simply a means to a message. So 
part of the feeling of nostalgia I had was going to automatically be associated with the bad parts of karate. You know, like getting hit. Not fun. Not the funnest part of taking karate classes or the feeling of conflict for the first time. Right, and being, you know, like hurt. Literally Physically hurt. Like I had never fought. I'm not a very confrontational person, so when I went into karate and then we started sparring... I wasn't ready for that. I had never, oh, never fought anyone before. But then they were like, okay, everybody, spar. Like, go and fight and practice all these things we've showed you. Like, I was really confused. So that feeling of conflict. Additionally, in the movie itself, let's go back to the film, there's a big skill gap between the, I guess you call him the protagonist, and anyone else in his class. Oh, yeah. He's, he's brand new in his class, just for reference for... Yeah, and I felt that too. Whenever I entered in, it was a small dojo in the Y. And I was really the only one my age. Completely. I was the only one my size. So automatically I was, or there were a couple other guys my age, but eventually, you know, they left earlier than I did. And I was stuck in the in-betweens. So I'd always had to go, you know, against guys taller than me and, you know, more advanced than me. I I couldn't really do anything else. So I felt where he was coming from, that protagonist in the early parts of the film, not later on, because we can't really go in depth about those scenes, but early on, his feelings of, you know, weakness. Yeah, that's in the that's in the movie, but in real life, my senseis were never like that. At no point were they ever, like in the film, the sensei is a very, I guess you could conservative, exaggerated voice in the film. But in real life, like my senseis, I don't want I want I don't want to give anyone the impression that that's the part we're associating with listening to. For those who haven't been to a karate dojo, the people there are great. They love the sport of karate. They see it as a sport. They do not see it as a a molding of people. It is something you can do. It's something you could devote your life to like any other sport. So I just want to make that clear, but the things that connected to both of us were the violence of it as young children and how we had to toughen up to get to the point. Like, I had I had played sports before doing karate. Out of all of them, even over football, karate was the, you got to toughen up or you're going to get beat up mm-hmm. kind of thing. I did have to toughen up a little bit for football, but for karate, instead of just pushing against somebody like you would in football, like you're you're trying to push past somebody, but you you have pads on, you have cleats, you have you have these things to protect you. In karate, when you were sparring, it was just hand to hand, foot to foot, direct contact, pretty much all the time. So not only was it now not exactly pushing against people, but you basically get thrown into and it's it's just a big, big step up. Took a lot of adjustment for me. You know, I'm very conflict avoidant, naturally. I never really enjoyed fights. I didn't really enjoy confrontation at all. I saw this as a way to just have fun. And so I enjoyed the other aspects of karate. Well, aside from testing. Testing was stressful. I hated testing so much. What were your tests like? So they'd have the main senseis. And sometimes they bring in an additional sensei from a different area. And then you would do your katas, which are you're basically your... You could think of it as a series of steps. 
across the pad or mm-hmm. yeah, we call them forms. Yeah, you could call them forms as well, but we call them katas. And you do your set kata for like kata one, kata two, all the way up to where you're at now. And you're supposed to have practiced that to a certain degree. And then you do an additional series of uh, basically responses. So you'd have another person stand in front of you. This is after you've done your katas. You have another person stand in front of me and either strike you to your head, your solar plexus, you know, basically your stomach area, or, you know, down to your groin. And you're supposed to react to that depending on which in the series of numbers of those situations you have to. So they punch once and you react accordingly just to the point where you would strike them. So you might block and then punch. And that would be like kata one. And kata two, you know, maybe they'd add an additional move across to kata 15. And you would learn them progressively as you went up in belts. And then you would also perhaps spar, maybe just for demonstration purposes. They did not you know, force you. That wasn't really a part of your grading. It was just to prove you have confidence to be in an actual confrontation. Show that you're, you know, you're developing maturity, right, more than anything else. And you would go through these things, and they would stress me out. I'm talking about sweating before the test. And I'd practice, right, during the days because, I'll be honest, I did not practice at home. I'm going to make that very clear. This was not, this is a in-dojo kind of thing, like, okay, I'm going to dojo now. I'm going to go to the karate. Now I might actually prepare. I was never going to, like, invite people over to practice karate or anything. Like, no way. No chance. I was going to do this for fun. I was going to go to karate, come back home, not think about it. So tests hit hard. Yeah, tests were frustrating. Mm-hmm. How were your tests specifically? Were they similar structure? Um, we didn't have the katas like that. What we would have, we would have three sections of the test. There would be a form you have to learn mm-hmm. for the belt, and uh, it's it's sort of similar to katas. Like it would get progressively more difficult. Like you just have more steps in it. Yeah. But you would have to learn and memorize and basically perform a form. Exactly. For whatever belt you were in. Then you would have to spar somebody, and you'd have to win. If you didn't win, you pretty much would fail the test. So you'd have to win. And then you would have to... This was, like, the third step was pretty much... That was more towards the higher-level belts. But you would have to do basically another form with a certain, like a certain weapon, like a bow staff. And it was very annoying because I... I don't have the best memory, so I would practice these in my basement, and I never had enough room in my basement. So come test time, I was always worried, like, I don't know what to do because I, I never had enough room. Like, the, the testing, like, the rooms were in there, like, a lot big padded floor area. You don't have that much room. Was never ready. And I never had padded floors ever during my time at no? karate. It was wood floor or we had this weird asphalt material. That, you know, it acted like asphalt for your feet. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty tough. But we practiced there, and I'd sometimes practice the day of for tests. But what I want to connect this to, specifically for nostalgia's sake, is how testing for belts. Remember, we only test to achieve another belt. Right. This isn't up. just like a thing they do. You have to do it to earn a new belt. To earn a new belt or earn a new stripe. For right. me, it was like if you had a stripe, you had to achieve that, then the next belt. Right. And in the movie, mm-hmm. we are watching this film. And we see someone attempt to get a belt, and it sends us way back in our feelings. 
right back to those days whenever we're li- when we're little kids. Oh yeah, back to test days. Hated test days. Mm-hmm. There was actually a character in the movie who was expecting to like in the movie he didn't have like a a test they had to do, but they had like a ceremony where you basically the sensei is like this person has really exemplified everything it means to be a blue belt, so they they move up. Um, and there was a character that didn't get that belt, but he had overheard that he would be, like somebody would be moving up to like the, the special night class. They'd be moving up in a belt. They'd be earning that stripe. And he didn't earn that stripe. And from that point on, my feelings towards the movie were just sour. Yeah, because it that had happened to me so I many failed. times. Yeah, like I failed certain belt tests like you have. And those were frustrating days. Those were tough, tough days. Just going home and not being able to fully explain to your parents like why you feel that bad. Because to them, it's just another test. Like, you're literally you're just going to Karate Kid. And it's not that big. But to us, we had created, we, both you and I, had associated our value then at mm-hmm. that moment to achieving that next belt and stressed the heck out of the situation so much it was definitely really frustrating and i do get it now what you're talking about like you know like like false or like negative nostalgia i, I got it mm-hmm. basically yesterday when we watched that movie just because of the fact that my my karate memories a decent amount of my karate memories are not positive memories a good amount of my memories for karate are bad memories like failing those tests not getting those famous Amos cookies after I passed the test, not getting the cookies, feeling really bad about it, or watching one of my good friends pass the tests with ease and breeze by me in belts. Mm-hmm. Felt terrible. And I, I, now I think about it, I never actually thought about my time in karate in such detail until we saw the movie literally yesterday. Yeah, that's now negative nostalgia. As I mean, I kind of just talked about it. There's a better term for it, I imagine, but we mm-hmm. couldn't really think of it. It's and this is my one of my points that I brought up earlier to mm-hmm. Lucas about there can be good nostalgia, you know, a warm feeling, right? And then there's just bad nostalgia. You're it's like a wet towel. It just hits you, <laughs> it hits you in the right in the face, and you're sent back. You're sweating. You're thinking about those terrible moments. It's like. Now, I personally had way more positive feelings about karate than I did negative. Way more. I loved the people there, and they were great to me, my family, and uh, everyone in that dojo knew each other. It was great. But there are negative memories associated with too. Really, you know, some strong stuff. It's this feeling just being taken back. We don't we don't like, and so you feel it for just negative nostalgia. I feel it for sometimes what we label as false nostalgia too. If we can move into that, so talking to the audience real quickly, have you ever watched an old film, right? And it's just grainy, and suddenly you're taken back, and you feel nostalgia for a time you've never experienced. You see an old film, like let's say from the seventies. And it's kind of old, but you're just, you're getting a weird feeling like you've felt this before. I have seen some old movies, seen some movies placed in the 70s and things like that. 
Uh, and I, I think I have, I have definitely have felt this like false nostalgia as you, as we're calling it. Um, but not necessarily because of the thing that they're doing, whatever the activity is, like going to a disco. Like there aren't really many discos around anymore. But like not necessarily because the thing they're doing is specific to the 70s, but because of the feelings, the emotions that are conveyed through going to the disco in the movie. Like they go to the disco, they have a really great time. And I'm feeling nostalgic. Not because I've been to a disco in the 70s, because Ives was not alive in the 70s, so I, there's no way I could have been to a disco in the 70s. But my, my thing is, I feel nostalgic for the emotions conveyed with those scenes of, like maybe there's the, uh, like Breakfast Club, the ending of Breakfast Club. I kind of felt for the ending of Breakfast Club because I've had times like that with me and my friends where we're all just really bonding and really experiencing new things together. And well, we didn't all get detention together. We weren't in school together in the the '80s. Whenever that movie came out, I think it was the '80s. But we weren't. That didn't that didn't directly happen to us. It was just the emotions conveyed through the scenes, like of old movies. Because obviously, uh, human emotions are really complex topic. There's a lot going on. But over time, especially only like a few decades, it does it can't have changed that much. People do a lot of the same things. They go in, out in drives with their friends. They go and they experience that the teenage life and they go and they have fun. I feel nostalgic for those things because I've done those things, but not in the 70s. So let me move a little bit. So your points made a lot of sense. You're connecting to the emotions of the situation and things like that as a child. Growing up watching old VHS movies my grandma had. I mean, for you know, they're not that old. But, you know, VHS tapes and things. Seeing the graininess on her very small TV, the box TV that we had, and just the picture quality and things like that. And the old ads that would play on these VHS tapes she had. It would take me back to a time that she experienced herself, you know, as she purchased these films and that my aunts and father have seen, you know, all these films she's showing me here, I'm enjoying these films, but at the same time, I just feel a sense of connection to them that I know I shouldn't be. For the first time I ever saw them, let me make this clear, I had not seen these films before as a young child, but I was connecting to the feeling of the VHS tape, the sounds, and the graininess of the picture in a way I knew I shouldn't be able to because I, had, you know, I was watching things on DVD, with much clearer quality, and that feeling of false nostalgia, nostalgia bothered me. Mm -hmm. But okay, but how about now? Now, now. So imagine right now, you were to think back on the time that you like. Did you enjoy watching those movies? Were they at least like good yeah, movies? Yeah, those were good films. Right. So you had a good time with your family watching those movies. Mm -hmm. What about now? If you were to think back to those times you had with your families, how would you feel about that? I have warm feelings associated with, you know, hanging around with my family on those summer days where we all come together across the state of North Carolina, sometimes visiting from Texas and such, and we all sit around the TV, watch an old film, maybe a John Wayne film, for instance, depending on who had control <laughs> of the controller, and we sit there and we watch the film, and I remember having good times with that time. 
Yeah, with my family. With my family, make that clear. But still, VHS quality, let me make that clear. I am not a fan of nostalgia bait. If you were to add a VHS quality and random, what did they refer to it as? Uh, like pixel, pixelationing and things of that nature, you know, errors in the screen and stuff. I don't really enjoy it whenever I see edits of that online. Okay. So moving to okay. a modern state. So if I were to see something similar today, I would associate that with like a cool edit. Mm-hmm. Let's say something something cool happens in a sports things, like it's five years ago, and suddenly they put like a VHS filter over top, and weird graininess. I'm not like, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, I can see less of this image now. <laughs> I can see even less than this. So you just don't like the fact that VHS quality was terrible. Yeah, those were some fire edits. I'll give them that. Whoever made those edits of those sports things, but those were not during the time of VHS. I need to be able to see what's happening. But why? Why would you? Why do you think that you feel this way towards nostalgia? Hmm. Well, you're putting me on the spot here. So well, it is the point of the yeah. It is the point as a guest guest to be put on the spot about these questions, and to pinpoint a reason is very difficult. I think it connects to what I consider. My, my TV shows versus those things, right? What I experienced growing up versus what I know I didn't experience growing up. So if there's a time period, right? So, okay, let's say I'm in elementary school and I'm watching a show about people my age, but in the past, right? Not for educational reasons. It's right. for entertainment value. And if I just right. can't get a joke, like at all, like they make some joke about the heater and the system about the heater, and it's a big joke in the film, right? And I just don't get it. I'm not going to associate a positive ha-ha moment with that film. Part of it's just how much I can relate to the medium. Maybe that's it, my mm-hmm. inability to relate to past instances. But I can relate to films of my time, like early 2000s movies, I can relate to clearly no like matter what. Jokes where about have. flip phones versus yeah. jokes about like brick phones kind of yeah. thing. A bit, yeah, exactly. So those films I could enjoy. And I can enjoy those films from across the world during that time period. I can relate to a lot of them. Right. Even though I'm not from those places, I can enjoy them. Right. But if I go farther than that, I I'm gonna not be able to connect to the characters as well. Mm-hmm. Even if they're from, let's say, North Carolina, this is a just a film in North Carolina, my age group, being on screen, but just 50 years ago, I'm not sure how well I'd be able to relate to the cast. Right, I see what you're saying. I definitely agree. Uh, but that looks like that's all the time we have for episode one. Uh, so, Lewis, I'd like to thank you for uh, coming onto the show for the very, very first episode of The Brain Trust. Uh, again, just I'd like to thank you for being here. I'd like to thank you for sharing your opinions, and I'd like to uh, ask you when you can take the trash out. Well, I want to thank you very much, Lucas, for having me on, and I apologize to the audience. I will not be able to answer that question tonight. Thank you, Lucas, for having me on. I had a great time tonight. I hope that the audience was able to enjoy my opinions, and to our future guests, I hope 
we are able to share all the introspective dialogues that we can in the future of the Brain Trust. Uh, so thank you very much, Lewis. Again, uh, please take the trash out. It's getting a little filled. Um, but to anybody listening or to anybody who just accidentally stumbled upon this first episode of the Brain Trust, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Thank you for lending me your time. And uh, if you ever want to check out new episodes, want to stay updated with things, always you can subscribe and you can check us out at wknc.org forward slash podcasts. That's podcasts with an S, plural. That's wknc.org forward slash podcasts. Uh, so today's intro and outro has been provided by JT of local band Moving Boxes. I'd like to thank him and shout him out real quick. Uh, check him out. Uh, done some. He's done some really amazing work for us here at the Brain Trust here at WKNC. Uh, so thank you, JT, and Moving Boxes. And with that, good day. Good day.